Welcome back to the Inspirational Educators Podcast. You are in for a treat today. I am talking with Kim LaPree. She is the host of Teachers Need Teachers. She has been a teacher for about 21 years. So amazing. And she really understands how challenging teaching can be and just the overwhelm of everything, the pressure, the workload. So her mission in her podcast and YouTube channel is to help struggling teachers rediscover their love and passion for their profession. Today, we are talking about how to really battle that end of year stress and struggle that many teachers go through. Both teachers and students get burnt out and she gives really great advice on how to combat that. I won't keep you waiting any longer. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Inspirational Educators Podcast. My name is Nancy McHill, a lifelong educator helping teachers reach all learners through simple yet effective and proven teaching strategies that you can implement in your classroom. These strategies and tips will engage, teach, and motivate your students. You're here for a purpose, and what could be better than supporting each other while we support our students? So sit back, relax, and come along this journey with me while we strive to reach all of our learners and make a difference every day. Today, I have a very special guest with us. We have Kim LaPree. She is a middle school teacher, and I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us what she teaches, where she teaches, and she is going to give us some insight and lots of tips on how to deal with kids at the end of the year. It's always a challenge, and I'm just so excited to talk to her, and welcome, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and and talk about things that a lot of teachers are worried about right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's get started with just you telling us what you teach, where you're located. Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. So I am a seventh grade English teacher in San Diego, California. Um, I've been, this is going to be the end of my 21st year. And so, yeah, I've been teaching a long time and I started out actually as a band teacher. So the first 10 years of my career, I was a band teacher. And if any of you guys know, you know, what it's like to be in band, it's a lot of extracurricular, a lot of time out of school. And so when I had my daughter, I realized that um, I wanted to spend more time with her rather than doing band performances. I hate to say that, but um, you know, while she's young. And so I switched over and I thought I would have more free time teaching English which is really ironic because in the beginning of my career, I spent a lot of time slaving away at grading papers and planning, but at least I was, you know, I was with my daughter while I did all of that. So I have been teaching English now for 11 years and um, middle school is my jam. I know a lot of people think that I'm crazy and that middle school teachers, you know, we deserve a trophy for, um, teaching these crazy kids but I just it's a grade that I understand and so that's why I, I vibe with them so well and I have a podcast and a YouTube channel um, called Teachers Need Teachers where I in the beginning I was helping new teachers um, it was just a podcast for brand new teachers but then I realized that both 
veteran teachers and new teachers were struggling with most of the same things, especially now post pandemic. So it's not just dedicated to new teachers anymore. It's pretty much for, for all teachers at this point. That's so amazing. It's, it's so amazing to have someone who kind of speaks the same language is a resource, a support. We all need to support each other in education. There's lots of obviously ups and downs and things like that. So it's really nice that you're there as a, a sounding ear so you can talk to teachers and, and address the things that teachers are going through. So that's really amazing. And so you we, do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So we all know the end of the year is always a challenge when it comes to keeping our kids motivated and engaged. So what are some of the common reasons for this and how can teachers address them? So, you know, the, the obvious reason right now is that they're burnt out from school. So it's been a long year, especially right now at the time of this recording, it's 2023. And this is definitely the year where a lot of teachers are pulling their hair out because the kids have been, um, they haven't been the same as before. The behaviors have been worse. Uh, there's been a lack of focus and motivation. There's been a lot of apathy in the classroom. And so, you know, it's making it worse as students are within reach of summer break because they just want the school year to be over with. They just want that time off so that they don't have to be, you know, quote unquote, stuck in school. But there are also students who actually are anxious about summer break because school is their outlet. School is where they can get away from the problems at home. And many, many times I've actually seen students who act out because they don't want summer break to happen. They might, um, I've had a few students who uh, they're food insecure, so they don't know how they're going to eat over the summer. And while there are programs, it's not easy for them to get to those places that are giving out, you know, free breakfast and lunch. Um, their friends live far away, things like that, or they're stuck at home babysitting their younger brother or sister. And so school is the only time when they get to just be a carefree kid. So it's, it's just a lot on their minds and they kind of are resistant at this point because their brains are saturated. They're pretty resistant to learning or doing anything that's too mentally taxing. And so to address the second part of your question, you know, what can teachers do to address this? Definitely there needs to be a sense of empathy because teachers are also just, you know, they've got their eye on summer break. They are also burnt out. Um, a lot of them are just like, I'm over this, you know? So when you're planning what you're gonna be doing the last, four to six weeks, you want to do it with a sense of empathy. Like, would you want to do this lesson after all of this time, after, you know, how many, eight months of school? I think of it like if you work out for an hour and you're like lifting heavy weights, do you really want to go and, you know, run a marathon? No, you're just like, your body is tired and the kids are tired. So um, it's definitely you definitely have to take into consideration the mental bandwidth that your students have. And then from there, you plan accordingly. Like, yes, you still probably have to teach a couple new things you have to review. But if you think that you can just lecture and expect them to, you know, behave and fill out worksheets and just do the same thing you've been doing all year, 
without them getting restless, you know, you're going to learn the hard way that that, that doesn't work. I think the key word from what you said was empathy, really thinking about the students and like you said, the teachers, like the teachers themselves thinking about like how they feel and how they would yeah. want to approach uh, learning and kind of ending off the school year. So do you have any kind of like specific activities or tangible things that teachers can maybe implement or maybe include in during the day to make it a little bit easier for the kids to connect or to be able to kind of get through the end of the year? Right. So you're going to want to structure your class periods um, a little bit differently. You're going to include more group work and talking time because the students, you can only hold their attention for so long. So even less than before, because, you know, students normally can't go longer than say 10, maybe 15 minutes in terms of paying attention. If, and it, that's when they want to pay attention. It's obviously far less if they don't care what it is that you're teaching them. So you want to structure it so that they get little bits and nuggets of information, maybe like, you know, five or six minutes, and then you give them that same amount of time to talk about it, work it out. So you can structure it where it's talk, work, talk, work. Um, and that, and you might not cover as much stuff as you did before, but you know, we want the subject matter to be lighter. We want it to be more manageable for the students. And then another thing, which is something that you specialize in is to do some kind of project-based learning where the kids are having fun, they're up in, you know, working together and solving a problem and not just um, doing textbook work or just worksheets. Um, it'll give them, you know, something to do that they can look forward to. So when they come to class the next day, they're like, oh, I get to work on this part of a project rather than, oh, we're gonna do pages 12 through 14 in the textbook. Yeah, I think those are really great ways and suggestions of what teachers can do towards the end of the school year. Um, I love the more collaboration, more talking time, and of course, yeah, implementing things like project learning or other methods of learning, even like STEAM or, um, uh, you know, just like different kinds of methods to change it up and really keep it light, but be able to teach what teachers need to teach in different ways. So right, how and they have to review, you know, oh, I'm sorry, but you know, it's, it's a lot of times, um, especially in the upper grades, like teachers need to review mm -hmm. for the end of the year. So um, also I forgot to add, you know, like gamification. Mm -hmm. So adding Jeopardy type games, there's all kinds of online programs for that um, or games where they compete against each other. They can also create you know, quizzes and then input those into the different quizzing, like on programs like Kahoot or Gimkit or quizzes or Book It. There's Look It. There's so many. Um, but letting the kids be in charge of their review also will help keep them motivated as well. Yeah. And I feel like so in some ways, planning review could be, uh, you can make it a lot more fun than maybe just, mm -hmm. it's easier to make it fun, I should say. Yeah. And creating a new lesson or a new project because yeah, you can, it's easier to gamify it or, or do things with it that are a lot more hands-on. Sure. So how, 
How can teachers help students set goals for the final weeks of the year? And what strategies can they use to help students stay focused and on track? Yeah, it's it's nice to actually yeah set a goal for themselves. Like, how do they want to finish out the year? So I would have them first reflect on how have they done this year? So I like to have them look at like their first writing assignment in my class and, and then look at like their most recent writing assignment and say, look at how far you've gone. Mm-hmm. You know, look at how much of a better writer and a reader you are. Look at your Lexile level now compared to where it was at the beginning of the school year. Where do you want to go from here? You know, also look at your grade in my class. Does this grade really reflect what you know or is it reflecting your effort if you think it's not you know like if you know that you're an a student but you don't have an a in my class because you didn't do the work what can we do to catch you up you know it's it's definitely going to be framed in a way of of positivity and keeping the momentum going because a lot of times you know they kind of just let things fall through the cracks and they get too lazy and they don't you know want to put any effort at the end of the school year but if it's kind of like, how can I make you successful for the next grade? And I definitely do this with my seventh graders. I say, you know, when you're when you're in eighth grade English, what kind of a student are you presenting yourself as? And how are you representing me as your teacher? Are you going to say, oh, you know, Mr. Free didn't teach us that? Or are you going to, you know, do a good job at this review that we're doing right now so that next year when your teacher talks about theme or something like that, you remember what it is because we did it a bunch of times in my class. So I think that um, the reflection part will definitely help them set it up. And then, you know, future planning is going to help them stay focused and on track. I love the fact of that you show your students kind of like a before and after of their work and their progress, how far they've come, because I feel like everyone needs that. Even adults need that, like to really be able to see right in front of them what they've done before and what how far they've come. And so I think, especially for kids, showing them their progress can really go a long way and kind of like hopefully light them up and motivate them to finish off the school year. And I also love the question, how can I help you be successful? Because it really just solidifies for the kids that you are their cheerleader, you are there to support them. So those are two amazing ways to help them set goals and hopefully get them through the rest of the year and excited about the new year. Yeah, for sure. So we talked a little bit earlier about how kind of teachers are, they're also going through the end of the year, maybe lack of motivation or stress or burnt out. So what kind of things would you recommend for teachers perspectives and strategies around this time of year with their students? One thing that I find really helpful is to reframe whether or not I need to do all the things that I've been doing so far. So do I need to grade everything? No, especially at the end of the year. I, The way that I structure my pacing guide for the whole year, I ease into the year and I ease out of the year because I know what I'm capable of doing the last month and I know what my students are capable of doing. So, you know, if you 
normally give daily assignments. Maybe now you're going to give just weekly assignments or maybe just, you know, an assignment every other day. And even if you give an assignment, you don't have to grade it. Some student, some teachers are like, well, my students aren't going to do it. You can still collect it and not even look at it. You can hide it until they leave. So, you know, and, and you might think that's dishonest, but do you really want to be grading those assignments this time of year? So you just have to be honest with yourself. Um, so that's the first thing that I would do is like minimize the amount of work that you're doing. Okay. And then second, I would also, and, and this is hard, but I have to do this every year, reframe that one or two student and their behaviors. So up until this point, there might've been a bunch of expletives that you say before you say their name, you know, in your mind, you're like, mm. and you know, they're coming to class or they're coming to school and you see them and you just automatically kind of like bristle inside. This is a time so that they don't drive you crazy to reframe that. So when you see them get up across the room without asking, instead of thinking, oh, they're really rude and disrespectful for not asking to throw something away. In my mind, I would think, oh, well, I'm really glad they're throwing away their trash. Things like that. Or how come they're always talking to their neighbor? And then I'll think to myself, well, you know, let me see. Are they helping out their neighbor? Or is their neighbor falling asleep? And maybe they're keeping them awake. So it, I have to consciously do it because it goes against how I actually feel about them. Because I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't like every student. But it keeps me sane and magically they start to act a little bit different. They, they don't go crazy at the end of the year because they feel a different energy from me. Um, they, they can tell that I'm not gonna be on their case anymore. I might laugh at their stupid joke or you know something like that. And, and then we can end off the year on a bright note rather than me like dragging myself across the finish line. So, you know, it's, I know it's hard. I know some of the students are just, they're above and beyond. I mean, we're talking about, I don't know if you've heard of students that are throwing, you know, objects across the room, dropping profanities all the time, things like that. And, you know, we, we also have to remember that the pandemic did a number on these kids. And so we can get mad at them and blame them all we want. We can even blame their parents if we want to. But at the end of the day, there was a gap in their development and they lost some coping skills. So their ability to know how to act properly, um, especially because they were you know, stuck with their family and their parents probably got tired of them too. So who knows like, what kind of attention they were getting. So if we could just kind of reframe kids stop the blaming and, you know, cut back on, on how much we are looking the, looking at them in a negative way. I think that that would go really far for both the teachers and for the students. Those are really amazing suggestions. I love that you mentioned for teachers to reframe. I think perspective is everything. You laid it out so clear and beautifully because Really, yeah, you can look at one situation in two completely different ways, which will make you feel two completely different ways. And why not take the more positive route? It will make you feel better. And like you said, in turn, make your students feel better. And I love that you're kind of 
allowing for teachers to give themselves permission that it's okay if they cut back or if they don't grade something or maybe I, I came up with an idea when you were talking about the grading part like maybe the students can grade it or they can grade each yeah. other mix it up a little bit so that they can be able to feel more part of the classroom and that it's not so heavy as maybe like the heavy learning they did earlier in the year. So what would you recommend for teachers to make sure that they're taking care of themselves? Well, a lot of the reason why we have to specifically do self-care, which is a word that's a little bit annoying in the teacher space because everyone loves to talk about self-care. But the reason why we need it is because we harbor a lot of shame and guilt in terms of not putting enough time as a teacher, while at the same time, not putting enough time into our personal lives. And so it's, it's again, the reframe, you know, you, you don't have to do all these things to be a good teacher. I don't actually take any work home. And I've been teaching, you know, this long because I, I don't, I just release it. If I don't get it done at school, I go home and I just worry about it the next time that I go to school. And sometimes I'll stay a little bit late at school, stay like half an hour and, and tidy things up. So, but only because that helps my mental state, knowing then that when I leave school, I I'm done with that. And I don't have to worry about it again. Every once in a while I'll do that, but releasing any guilt or shame about not completing things, it in no way reflects how you are as a teacher in front of your students. You may be a little bit disorganized like me behind the scenes with paperwork and good God, I can't ever remember to take attendance, things like that. But who cares? It doesn't reflect on me as a teacher. The fact that my students are learning, I'm connecting with them. That's something that you should celebrate. So celebrate, you know, the wins is going to be important. Also, if you if you really don't like teaching right now, or if you really don't like your situation right now, you don't have to stay at your school. So you might be fantasizing leaving teaching altogether, but you don't have, you know, maybe you still actually like teaching, but you have toxic admin, or you're just in a school that isn't supportive or makes you feel like you can be the best teacher. It's okay to go to another school. Don't feel guilty about that. Don't, you know, worry about, what, who's going to fill in your job. Um, I definitely would just do what's best for you. And finally, I also want to warn teachers against reading too much on social media from people who hate teaching that are teachers. There's a lot of like Facebook groups and Reddit groups and, and different threads about teachers who are just hating every second of life. And I don't think it's healthy to constantly be surfing those and adding to those. Like, I understand that we need to vent, but if you get go down the rabbit hole with that, and if that starts to become part of how you see teaching, it's just going to get into your psyche. You're, you're never going to love teaching, you know, in that situation. And I think that our profession is really, really tough, but there's so much to celebrate um, in it. And I personally am here to try to save every teacher and prevent them from quitting. So I am a little bit biased, but you know, I, I think that 
mentally taking care of yourself and not focusing on the negative aspects of, of teaching will really go far for your, for your mental health. That's such amazing advice. I wholeheartedly agree with you and think, yes, it's definitely challenging at this time with the students and maybe admin and all the things around teaching. But at the end of the day, we are here for the kids. That's why we entered the profession to teach kids, make difference in their life and and help them. So I think remembering that too can can hopefully help and and taking a step back and really assessing, well, is this what I really want to do? Should I keep going? Give permission to yourself to really be honest with yourself and do what you need to do to make to make yourself feel better, whether it be reframing, um, whether it be maybe taking a step away from teaching for a little bit. So I think that's great advice. And thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and amazing advice. And I can probably ask you maybe like 10 more questions about this. <laughs> Uh, but I'm not going to take too much of your time, but I'd really love to have you back on and maybe even talk about like discipline and your discipline tactics with the kids and other things in education. It's yeah. wonderful to hear from a, a, te a teacher that's in the classroom. And um, so thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all your knowledge with us. Of course. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love it. <laughs> And Kim, tell me where can people find you? Um, for sure, everybody listen to Kim's podcast, Teachers Need Teachers. And how can they connect with you and find you? Um, I am on Instagram at Ms. No, Kim Lepre, K-I-M-L-E-P-R-E. I dabble in TikTok once in a while, but it is exhausting. So if you want to come play over there, it's M-S, Ms. Lepre, L-E-P-R-E. Um, and I'm also on YouTube. So it, it's the video version of my podcast episode. So it's the teacher need teachers, teachers need teachers um, channel. Wonderful. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you again so much, Kim.